The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Uh, we were talking about relationships, and we looked at the first three chapters. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is central, isn't it? And uh, without that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't have a right relationship uh, with anyone else. And uh, we talked about the relationship the last couple of weeks with the church and how God unifies us and uh, one, uh, one faith and, and one baptism, one God, one, one Father, one Lord, and uh, one Savior. And we're thankful for that unification that we have. But, but uh, apart from that, I think the question remains for us. How do we live here? I mean, <laughs> we know Jesus has saved us and uh, we, we're thankful for the church but, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, we're not going to assemble here, aside from we've got the memorial service tomorrow, and, and please be here for, uh, for that if you can. But, uh, but really, ordinarily, we're not coming together for a service every day, but we're living in this world. How do I live here? How, how do I make it in this world as a Christian? There's a lot of opinions about that, but I, I think the Word of God's pretty clear on how we're to live here. And if you look at verse number 1 of chapter 5, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Uh, A lot of people pride themselves in calling themselves uh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but really, how do we know if we're following Christ? Well, if we're following Christ, we're going the way He went. We're going in the direction He is going. We are are living the way He lived in this earth. We are talking the way He talked. We are walking the way the way he walked. We're not just saying, a lot of people are saying, I'm a Christ follower. A lot of people are saying, I'm following Jesus. But it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to do it in this world where we live here. And it's become popularized in, in, in churches to say Christ follower, and I'm a follower of Jesus. And I think we should be followers of Christ. As a matter of fact, we're commanded to be. But here's the problem. A lot of times we, don't, we dissociate kind of following Jesus uh, with our regular life. We, we follow Jesus by going to church. You know, I'm going to church and, and, and I'm, I'm faithful there. And, you know, I, I put my tithe in the offering and I support missions and I do those things. But then we kind of have our life uh, where we're living. We have relationships, people we're interacting. And, and uh, sometimes we live almost like a double life. We live, we live one way as a Christian and another way uh, in front of the world. But I'm telling you this morning that the Christian life works here. It works in the world that we live in. And, and he says, I want you to be a follower of me. Uh, really, that word follower just means imitator. And if there's one thing, we sh- one person we ought to imitate, imitate, is it not Jesus Christ? I mean, I, I don't want you to imitate me. Uh, and that would be a, a failed uh, thing for you to do. I mean, that would be a bad, you know, imi- don't, don't imitate me. A lot of people, they, they imitate people and they don't imitate Jesus, the only person you could ever imitate and be completely okay uh, doing it would be Jesus Christ. You're supposed to imitate his life. You're supposed to imitate his walk. And and as servants of God, we're supposed to encourage people to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll look at four walks today that the Bible gives us here in this passage of Scripture in our imitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I live here? How do I walk here? And really that walk is talking about my life. I'm walking through this life. I'm living through this life. How do I live here? How do I live uh, in this place? Number one, uh, the Bible says in verse number two, and walk in what? 
Walk in love. Walk in love. Uh, It says, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. What does God tell us to walk in? Walk in love. As Christians, we should be known, the Bible says, by our love. In other words, not, listen, love is not, a lot of times people say that, but they don't mean what God's word means. Known by our love doesn't mean known by our love by by, by, uh, doing what, you know, people love me because they do what I want them to do. That's not what love is. Love is, that's an immature uh, view of love, isn't it? Because children think that. Uh, mommy and daddy love me when they do what, uh, what I want them to do. There was a, there was a YouTube video of, of a child, and, and he was talking to his mother, and he said, he said I love you, Mom, uh, when you give me cookies. And she said, she, said, uh, she said, you mean you don't love me when I don't give you cookies? He said, no, uh, no, I don't love you uh, when you don't give me cookies. But when you give me cookies, I, I love you. Uh, when, when you. When you please me, when you do what I want... Uh, I love you, but when you don't do what I want you to do, then I don't love you. Can I tell you that as funny as that may seem, that is the love of the world. That is a love well known in this world. In other words, uh, people will almost make you feel bad or unloving if you're not doing for them what they want you to do for them. In other words, say, well, you're not being loving because you're not doing what I want you to do. You're not being loving because you're not doing it in the way that I want you to do it. You're not being loving because you're not acquiescing uh, to all my requests and desires. And uh, the truth is, is, is Christ, we know that God is loving to us by not acquiescing to all our desires. God is loving to us by saying no to us. God is loving to us by not giving us everything we want. Trust also in him and he shall give you the desires of your heart doesn't mean trust in God and he's going to give you everything you want. It means trusting God and he will give you his desires, literally. That God is going to give you the desires of his heart for your life, not your desires for your life. Because it's not our life, is it? And walking in love has, has nothing to do with uh, loving people in a sense of giving them everything they want, doing, for, uh, doing it in ways that they want them to do. As a matter of fact, I understand it as a father, the best thing I can do sometimes for my children is just say no. You with me? And God does that for us. Some Christians, they, they, they grow up and they're immature and they think God is there to do their bidding, that God is there to fulfill their Christmas list, if you would. God, you do what I want you to do, and, and I don't feel loved by you unless you do what I want. Some people, uh, even as a pastor, sometimes I feel that. Some people, they, they almost treat you that way. Say, pastor, unless you're really doing the things that I think are loving, then you're not being loving. But sometimes I know as an authority that, uh, that God has placed me in that, that sometimes the most loving thing I can do is, is not do uh, what some people want me to do and just do what God wants me to do to be following uh, followers of him. We're not following the crowd. We're following Christ. Uh, we're not following the, the, the popularity uh, polls. We're following the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and walking in love has to do with following Jesus. Notice he doesn't just say walk in love. He says walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. He defines what kind of love that we're supposed to walk in. He says walk in the kind of love that Jesus has displayed for, for us. What kind of love is this? What kind of love did Jesus display for us? Well, we know that it was, it was an unconditional love. It was an unconditional love. 
Uh, we also understand, did Jesus ever rebuke the ones that he loved? Did he ever correct the ones that he loved? Did he ever, did ever, he, did he ever say no to the ones uh, that he loved? Did he ever, uh, did he, did he ever uh, 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 discipline the ones that he loved? As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us whom the Lord loveth, he corrects. Whom the Lord loves, he, he disciplines. And one of the most unloving things that we can do is just give to our uns, insatiable desires. Come on, you with me? Uh, this morning, I mean, I mean, some of us, we know, just never satisfied, but the kind of love that Jesus has satisfies, but it doesn't give my flesh everything it wants. As a matter of fact, it, it helps me to learn to crucify my desires, to crucify my flesh. Did not Paul understand this love when he said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me, the life that I now live, I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I'm now understanding this kind of love. The kind of love that sacrifices selfish desire. The kind of love that says no to me and yes to God. And this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation, a a payment for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also the sins of the world, the Bible says. That kind of love. Boy, I I think if we lived in this world with that kind of love. See, people, uh, people expect us to love them when they love us. I do good to you, you do good to me. I treat you this way, you treat me that way. And, and by the way, some people, that's how, the only way they know love. Uh, 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 it's, it's sad, but in, in the broken society, uh, family societies that we see today, we, we see parents uh, trying to purchase love from their children. They try to buy love from their kids. It's like uh, the mom says, oh, if you only love me when I give you cookies, then I must always give you cookies. Uh, that does not make a, a satisfied well, it makes a well-rounded child, but not the right kind. Uh, it, it's not the right kind. Uh, it makes a very selfish individual, doesn't it? And by the way, uh, God's saying, uh, you're not in, the, I didn't save you for you. I saved you for me. I saved you for me. See, he didn't do it for our sakes. God did it for Christ's sake. And uh, he saved us for himself because he loved us. And he wanted to make us into something we could not be without him. And that's love. And God says, I I love you and I want you to walk in this world with that kind of love. In other words, wherefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals. We like that part. Heap coals. Oh, heap the coals. Heap the coals. I'm only doing good to heap the coals. Well, then we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. He says, he says uh, those that uh, when you're reviled, revile not again. When you suffer, threaten not. He says, he, says, uh, he says, be not overcome with evil of evil, but overcome evil with good. With love, with love overcome evil. Love overcomes evil. Walk in love. That's the kind of love. Hey, all you need is love is the anthem of the world. But the truth is, if they got the right kind of love there, it would be a true statement. If they got the right kind of love, they're not talking about the right kind of love when they're singing that song. They're talking about the wrong kind of love. Perfect love casts out fear. 
Perfect love casts out torment. Perfect love, it's healing, it's establishing, it's, it's strengthening, it's edifying. It's not for me, it's, it's for the, uh, the good of others. Jesus Christ uh, had perfect love. And he gave that love to us. Uh, the Bible says that if we have him, that we have his love. We have his love, it dwells in us. And it ought to dwell in us perfectly. How do I walk in this world? Walk in love. Got anybody in your life that's hard to love? Walk in love. Uh, You look at this world, hard to love. Walk in love. Um, It's easy to love. It's easy to love the people who've been good to us. It's, It's not easy to love. And by the way, let me just remind you again. Love is not giving them everything they want. And some of us, we really like that. But it's unconditionally being a servant, just saying, I- I'm here to help, I'm here to serve, not help do wrong, not, not acquiesce to all the, the fleshly desires, but to just be here in love for you. Um, just in conversation this week with someone, and I, and I just said this to them, and it, it's just become almost, and I hope that it's not just a habit, I, I, I said to them, I said, I love you, and they kind of like, What? And it wasn't someone that I was real, real close with, but I just said, hey, listen, I just want to let you know that I love, and I could tell they were not used to hearing that. They were not used to hearing that. I said, I love you. And, and they understood that it wasn't a weird kind of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't a weird kind. They, they were just saying, wow, you know, love. What, what, what? And listen, I know that that love didn't come from me. It comes from the Lord. See, God loves people. Uh, let's, let's not ask the question, does God love every person? God does love every person. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only begotten son. Uh, some people say, well, uh, uh, it's the world. It's just, it's just God loves, you know, kind of the conglomerate of mankind and those that he chooses from them. No, no. Uh, the, the context delivers to us the individual because it says God so loved the world that he gave Uh, his only begotten son, and then here's the context, that whosoever, what does it do? It it brings us down to the individual, and it says, God doesn't just love the world as a whole, he loves the whosoever in the world. He loves any person uh, that would believe in him. He'll not perish, but have everlasting life. Does God love you? Yes, he does. Not with a worldly love, uh, not with a lustful love, uh, not with give me what I want love. He loves with an everlasting and perfect love. And then he tells us, walk in that love. Walk in that love. Not only does he tell us uh, to, and command us to walk in love. How do I live here? Walk in love. Number two, walk in purity. Walk in purity. Uh, look at verse number three. He says, but fornication. What's fornication? Fornication, uh, I think sometimes we use these words. Fornication is, is, is sleeping with someone that you're not married to. That's fornication. And the, and the Bible says to the Christian, let not, but fornication, notice this, all uncleanness, well, that covers a lot of things, doesn't it? Uncleanness. Uh, we understand God's not talking about being physically clean. He's talking about things that we would, uh, if we would say, we look and say, that's dirty. That's dirty. That joke, that, that language, that uh, that thinking, that's dirty. You know what? A Christian's not supposed to have a dirty mind. We live in this world, it's dirty, but Christians are supposed to stay away from dirty things and be clean. Uh, it, says, it says, but fornication, all uncleanness, notice this, or covetousness, what is that? Wanting something that's not mine, that I don't have. It's desiring to have. Boy, 
it's hard not to be covetous at Christmas time, isn't it? As we walk, uh, we walk through the mall and, and we walk all, and just walk and just, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I had this. The kids did a great job of, of presenting that. They said, uh, you know, the Grinch, he had a good handle on that. He said, all the things that you want are, are, are junk now. They're in the trash heaps. And the truth is, some of the things that we thought we wanted so badly, that we desired to have so badly, uh, we threw them in the trash a long time ago. Uh, we, didn't, we don't appreciate them forever. They don't last, uh, those trinkets of this world. And, and some people are so focused on that covetousness. Notice, let it not be once named among you. What? Fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become as saints. Notice verse number four, neither filthiness. Uh, I'm getting the impression from God that God doesn't want uh, the dirty things of this world in the life of a Christian. You say, what does he mean by that? I'm going to let you fill in the blank. You say, what are you talking about? Well, uh, I could go through all the things in my life that I know that God has, to, has had to clean up uh, because I've allowed them in my life. But I, I think you would do a good job inventorying your own life and saying, what's in my life that's unclean? What's in my life that's filthy? Uh, what, what's of this world that doesn't belong in my mind, in my heart? I, I think the message is clear here. It says, it says neither filth, notice this, nor foolish talking nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. What does God say? Instead of talking in a way that's, that's filthy or, or foolish or uh, in a jesting manner, you know, these double entendres, these, these double meanings, everything has a, a double meaning to it. Everything is, you know, uh, you, you look at young people today. Young people uh, today are growing up just like uh, they were when you were growing up. It's, it's amazing how, uh, as we get older, we think young people. Young people today, they're growing up the same way you were growing up. When you were growing up, it was there. It was present. Don't, don't say that it wasn't. Uh, you know, there was the, there was the, uh, the dirty uh, jokes. There was the double meanings. There was, uh, the cultures always had them present. We like to make this generation worse than the generation before because that makes us feel better. But the truth is, it, it's always been there. It's always been there. The temptation for us is to be unclean. Listen, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of that's our nature, to just get dirty. Uh, you ever put a kid in their Sunday best outside to play? Why? Because it's their nature to do what? They get dirty. Come on, mom, you know, put them in their Sunday best, put them outside and say, now don't get dirty. Um, well... Uh, I, I think, put him in a... Now, here's the thing. God robed us, clothed us in his righteousness, and he's, he's put us in this world, and he says, you're not supposed to be dirty. You're supposed to stay clean. And, uh, you know, as we mature, we're not... Be no more children. We're not supposed to be like children in the sense of where we just go out and get dirty because we can. The Bible says that we're supposed to stay away from that stuff. Filthiness. Uh, uh, it says, jesting, not can be, rather giving of thanks. Notice verse number five, for this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse six, let no man deceive you with vain words. Uh, we have this um, deception going on today, and it is a gospel that's another gospel. It's a gospel of accept Christ and live your life. And here's the thing. You say, do you believe those people are saved? 
No, because the Bible doesn't give that message. It doesn't say accept Christ and then live your life. It says give up your life. You get life from the Lord Jesus Christ. The new life that you live is different than the other life uh, by its inherent nature. And if you become a Christian, you're not one of these. But if you are still one of these, perhaps the problem is, is that you never became a Christian. You say, can a Christian fall back into sin? Yes, Uh, But I believe when a Christian falls back into sin, uh, the Lord chastens them, the Lord corrects them. Uh, They're not just allowed to just go and live their life the way they want to live their life, and they got a free ticket to heaven. Uh, There's this kind of, uh, this gospel, these deception, uh, this deception that he, that Paul's warning against. He says, he says, let no man deceive you with vain words. Don't let, don't be deceived by this. There's some people that'll tell you that you can be a Christian And you can just live in sin and do what you want. Listen, if you're a Christian, you won't want to do that. You have that natural desire. Don't get me wrong. There's a flesh. There's some desires. We war against them, right? We battle against them. But the problem is, is when there's no battle, there's no struggle. It's just, I'm just living my life the way I want to. I accepted Christ, but, you know, I'm living my life. And here's the thing. Here's the other, here's the deception. Jesus is okay with it. No, he's not. He's not okay with it because he says he's not okay with it. Jesus is not okay with me, you and I, just living our lives the way we want to live our lives. And, uh, you know, uh, to some people, the Christian life, church, God's church, God's people, it's all a joke. And they just laugh their way through it. Uh, It's all a joke. They don't take it seriously. They don't take God's word seriously. They don't take the gospel seriously. They don't take the Christian life seriously. The Christian life is no joke. Don't be deceived. It's not a joke. Uh, Jesus didn't... Do you, do you see the picture of how Jesus died on the cross for us in your, in your mind's eye? Do you think he did that for a joke? Do you, do you think he did that so that we could laugh and sneer our way through life and, and live uh, in the filth of this world and, and live unchanged and live uh, with no power and, and live with no strength uh, to, to walk as children of light, uh, of love, of purity, as he says to us? No, he saved us so that we could walk in love in this world. He saved us so that we could walk in purity in this world. You know, some uh, sometimes, you know, Christian young people pride themselves in keeping their virginity, but they lose their purity. And can I, can I tell you this? You can keep your virginity and lose your purity, and God's still not pleased. Uh, God, God wants us to, to be pure in our minds. And you can't do that by filling your mind uh, and your heart and your head with the filth of this world. Listen to me, young people. You cannot live this life as a Christian and just keep filling your heart, keep filling your mind with all the garbage in this world. You know, Grandma said it right. Garbage in, garbage out, right? That's what you say. When, when, when we just ingest garbage, that's all that comes out of our lives. And no wonder we can't take seriously the things of God. We can't take seriously what God's Word says because the Christian life to us is something we take lightly, and here's the truth. Anyone who takes the Christian life lightly won't, ever, won't die for that belief. Oh, they'll die to get the things they want, but they won't die uh, for the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, they're, they're not going to stand in judgment. You know, uh, when I'm not talking about the judgment of God. Thank God we're not. I'm talking about the judgment of this world. When the world judges you, do you stand? The Bible says when the devil throws his wiles at us, stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore. 
And so we're supposed to stand. Isn't it sad that Christians aren't as bold uh, with, with doing what's right as, as the world is in doing what's wrong? We herald them. Uh, we applaud them. The world is applaud, applauding athletes for coming out of the closet and, and, and uh, shaming Christians for speaking their faith in Christ. That's the world that we live in. The world is harrowing and saying, this is a wonderful thing. This is a wonderful thing. Listen, sin is not a wonderful thing. Sin destroys. Uh, it kills. Uh, we're supposed to love, yes. We're supposed to help, yes. Uh, but it's not helpful or loving for Christians uh, to say you just live your life the way you want to live your life. Sin is a choice, but consequences you don't choose. They come to us. And I, I tell you, as much as I can as a parent, I want to keep my kids from the consequences of sin. How about you? You say, can you keep them from them all? No, ultimately, it's their choice. They're going to make their own choices. But I will tell you this. I'm not just going to stand back and just say, go, go do it, whatever you want. Because that's not what God's put. God's put me in the position to, to say no, to restrain, to help. And uh, by the way, in God's church, it's almost like uh, pastors have taken on the popular parenting methods of today, where pastors won't say no either. Well, pastors won't say this is wrong, this is sinful, uh, this is what God says is wrong. And listen, I- I'm telling you today, it, it, uh, you can say that that person is, is a loving person by, by never saying anything's wrong, but the truth is you're categorizing their love by the world's standards, not by God's. The most loving people in my life, I, I, let me just give a little personal testimony this morning. Some of the most loving people in my life are the people that opposed me. They stood up against what I wanted. They, they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. You know, mom and dad did that for me. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. You know, had they let me do everything I wanted to do, I know I wouldn't be here today. And I don't think I'm anything, but I know I wouldn't be here in this place. But by the grace of God, that's God's grace. I'm thankful for that opposition. Come on, somebody who's saying they don't, they don't want that opposition. No rules, no rules, no boundaries. Listen, our, our whole world... Our whole universe is governed by rules. Some of us we, that we don't even look at, uh, uh, gravity is a rule of the universe, is it not? Uh, I think all of us appreciate that this morning as we, didn't, uh, uh, as we didn't float off the planet. As much as we'd like to fly, I think we're thankful for the laws of gravity. I, I think we're thankful... Uh, for the laws that God has placed in this world. He's put rules, he's put, he's put standards, he's put, he's put uh, boundaries uh, to keep things in order and safe. And uh, it's not our God that's a God of chaos. It's not our God that's a God of disorder. It's not our, our God that's a God of do everything that's right in your own eyes. By the way, that's the devil, and he likes when he gets called God, by the way. And some people are calling him God today from pulpits and, and from churches because they're saying, oh, don't walk in purity. Just walk how you want to walk. No, God's word says walk in love, walk in purity. Number three, walk in light. Walk in light. Look at, look at, the, look at the next section of verses. He says, he says, verse number eight, but for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye what? Light in the Lord. Walk as what? Children of light. Now, this is God. He's saying, walk as children of light. You know, there should be no... You with me this morning? I know it's a little warm in here and some of you are a little too comfortable. Uh, a walk 
in light. What's he talking about? He's saying, he's saying as children of light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. What's he saying? He's saying if you're a child of the light, you're going to walk in the light. You're going to walk in the light. As a Christian, should we not be walking in the light? Anybody like to walk in the dark? You say, well, I like the night. Listen, I like, I like uh, a lot of times... Uh, I'll go out for a walk at night, but I don't like to walk in the dark. Uh, I need some light to be able to see, uh, a, a flashlight, a street light, uh, a lamp somewhere, walking, uh, but we need light, don't we, to be able to walk. Uh, if, if you don't believe that, drive home tonight without your uh, head, head, headlights on. You'll, there's, there's a problem there, isn't there? Listen, some people are driving through life without light, and it's no wonder that they're crashing. It's no wonder that their life is a wreck. It's no wonder they don't go far because they're in darkness. And, and he says to us, he says, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them for it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Notice verse 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. What they used to say. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People, why, why is it that at night we need more security? Because at night... People do, we have some police, uh, ex-police officers here. I think they would tell most, most of the robberies, most of the things, you know, most of the things that shouldn't be done the nighttime, the, the nighttime where there's, they, you know, things get done all the time, by the way. It's not just at night, but, but we know nighttime is when people, people are ready to do wrong things when there's not a lot of light. They, li- they like to be around darkness. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Listen, as a Christian, what should we want to be around? Light, light. And then he says, for us as Christians to do what with that light? Let your light so shine. Let it shine. Kids used to sing that song. This is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I'm not going to let the devil blow it out. I'm going to shine it till Jesus comes. I'm going to shine it around this whole world. We, we teach children uh, to do that. And then they get older, become mature, and they learn how to hide the light when necessary. But God says you're supposed to be children of light. Walk that way. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. I wonder today how many more people we could reach as a church if we would walk in the light. If we would just walk in the light. If we would walk as children of light. Um, Would we agree uh, that uh, today uh, there's a lot of dark things out there? Listen, I've never, um, never been in a day... I've never seen a day where, where dead things are more popular. We live in a day where people are, are happier to be entertained with the things of the dead, and really because they're like walking through life like dead people, and, and they, they can identify. Listen, I don't identify with being a dead person because I'm not dead. I, I was dead before Christ, how about you, but now I'm alive. I don't, I, don't need to be, uh, I don't need to fantasize about what it would like to live through life being a dead person. I'm glad I'm alive today. How about you? 
I'm glad I have life. Too many Christians are like zombies. Too many Christians are like zombies. We're just kind of traipsing through this world like we have no direction, no purpose. We're not doing anything of value, and so we're just wandering. And God never meant us uh, for us to wander, although uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. You know, prone to wander, I, I feel it. You know, I'm with you today. How many are prone to wander? I, I'm prone to wander, but God's Word keeps me grounded. How about you? As much as I want to wander, I, the songwriter said, though I forget him and wander away, still doth he love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms will I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. And it keeps you grounded, doesn't it? Keeps your feet firmly planted on that rock. Aren't you glad that he took us up out of that muck, that miry clay, and he set our feet upon a rock and he established our goings, and he put a new song in our mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in him. How are they going to see it if we're not walking in the light as he is in a light? Walk in light. Number one, walk in love. Number two, walk in purity. Number three, walk in light. Lastly, number four, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Look at verse number 14. He says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest. Some of you just woke up. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the what? Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk what? Circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Walk in wisdom. You say, I, I lack it. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally. To all them that would ask of it. Hey, listen, you need wisdom today? I need wisdom. How do I live here? How am I supposed to live in this world? I mean, it's dark out there. There's a lot of people doing stuff they shouldn't. It's dirty out there. Uh, there there's a lot of people thinking the way they shouldn't. There's a lot of stuff going on that, that, that's scary to me. It's, it's darkness and it's dirty and, it, and it, it's unloving. It's, it's a hateful world. How do I live here? Walk in love. Walk in purity. Walk in light. Walk in wisdom. I need wisdom. How about you? To make the right decisions in the world that I live in. I need wisdom. The Bible says, redeem the time because the days are evil. He, he, says, he, says, not, he says, don't be unwise. Understand what God's will is. You know what a lot of people are doing? They're saying, well, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. You know what you're doing? You're disobeying his scriptures there. He says, don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we understand what God's will is for our lives? The Word of God. You mean uh, there's not some magic formula? No. Uh, there's not going to be a message in the sky? No. God, God's not going to speak to me in a dream? No. Uh, it's going to come from here. In other words, it's by you doing what He says in His Word that you understand what God's will is. It's not hard. It's not difficult. We like to make it unreachable sometimes because then we can excuse ourselves from doing it. But God says, the will of God's not hard. As a matter of fact, I gave you my word so that you could understand it. 
And you say, what about all the choices I have to make? That's where wisdom comes in, isn't it? Discernment to make the right choices. Anybody have any decisions on the table today? Any, any choices that need to be made? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God's given me a life and I've got to make some choices. I'm not, uh, don't, don't run from the choices. Choices are opportunities, aren't they? They're just opportunities. They're opportunities to give God glory where the flesh doesn't want to give God any. And God gives us opportunities. He brings something into our lives. Sometimes it's suffering. Sometimes it's trouble. Sometimes it's persecution. Sometimes it's difficulty. Sometimes, sometimes it's opposition. And, and, and God allows these things so that we can be wise and we can make the right decisions. We can walk in wisdom. You know, uh, I'm thankful that before this world that we live in that's doing a lot of, let's be honest, crazy stuff, crazy stuff, uh, we're hearing a lot of crazy things being said. We're seeing a lot of crazy things being done. Uh, would, you be, would you be with me on saying a lot of things being done are unwise? Unwise. And as Christians, what should we do? Oh, we can just say, well, look at all the things they're doing that are wrong. Well, we sit and we don't make any right decisions. You know, some people like to criticize the decisions others are making while they make none themselves. Listen, I'd, I'd rather make decisions, and sometimes I make a decision and God says, no, that's not what I want you to do, but I'm glad I made a decision. I'm glad I didn't just sit back and do nothing. I'm glad I, I'm glad I took a step so that I could walk in wisdom. See, the Christian life is a walk, isn't it? It's not a standstill. It's not a sit. It's not a lay down and go to sleep. It's a walk. And by the way, here's the other thing. It's not a sprint, and it's not a race. You say, what are you talking about? He says, run the race but run the race is set before you, looking unto Jesus. We're not in competition with each other here. I'm not racing against you. We have our own walks. We have our own paths. We have our own lives. God brings us together, unified around his word, the body of Christ, to live in this world. And how does he want me to live here? Love, purity, light, wisdom. Come on, if, it doesn't, if it's not categorized under one of those four things, you know what we should say? shouldn't be part of my life. Love, purity, light, wisdom. It's a good litmus test. Go through your life and say, is it loving? Is it pure? Is it light? Is it wise? And, and, and by the way, if it's not, a good thing to do is stay away from it. Stay away from it. And uh, we struggle with that, don't we? That's why God said, hey, let me give you some instruction on how to live here. Because we're all living here. Listen, the common denominator here this morning is we're all living here. We, we, didn't, come, we didn't come into the church to pretend we don't live here, do we? Sometimes that's what we do. We come into the church sometimes to pretend we don't live here. We do live here. Your address hasn't changed. You're, you're going to go back to that house. You're going to go back to your job. You're going to go back to your life. But remember, it's not your life. It's his life that you're living. Redeem the time. The days are evil. Walk in love. Walk in purity. Walk in light. Walk in wisdom. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. 
Thanks for tuning in.